Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce. Monday morning. It is time for the regular season to begin, Alex. We are less than two days away. It is officially Monday morning, 12 a.m. Eastern on the Eastern on the East Coast. Yes, I was about to say 12 p.m. Eastern on the East Coast. And we are, God, we're so close. I can taste it. I can taste, taste it. it. Speaking of tasting, I, I I wanted to set up the episode here. I mean, we all know about Jordan's flu game where he was battling a tainted pizza. <laughs> Joey is battling a chicken Philly in this episode. So yeah, I don't know if it gets... was taint. I don't know if it was tainted. I wouldn't necessarily call it tainted, but I would say that it I, it <laughs> it is definitely impacting my performance. Well, it hasn't impacted my performance right. yet, but the longer we go, the, there is a chance that it could impact my performance. Right. I'm just saying, if you have a great pod today, and against all odds here, we this is the Chicken Philly pod. So, yeah, just wanted to get that out there. Well, then I guess we might as well just get right into it. Normally on a Sunday night, Monday morning, we would be recapping games from the weekend, but there were no games on Sunday, and the games that were on Friday and Saturday really don't mean anything because they were preseason. So today we will just be getting into the headlines from the day, from the weekend. Um, and then starting tomorrow night slash morning, Tuesday morning, we're going to start doing picks. And that'll be fun because in the playoffs, I, I was crushing shit. That is true. I, yeah. I was making – if you were listening to the pod and you were taking my picks during the playoffs, you probably won a decent amount of money. I don't remember what it was, but we picked every single game every day we were on the air during the playoffs, and I was like thirty-seven and fourteen or something, like it was some pretty absurd outrageous. number. Yeah, against the now, spread too. Obviously, yeah, it was against I mean, the spread. Very now we're not going to do that every day because we can't pick every game every day. But I think the way we'll do it is we'll each just pick whatever. We'll each pick like three or four games a night. Like if okay. it's a big slate. We won't even I, like we just pick them. We don't even have to tell each other. And then at the end of each show, we'll just go through our picks, and gotcha. just we'll keep we'll keep the records. Now, if it's like Tuesday night, we'll pick every game mm. because there's only two games opening night, and then like Christmas, we'll pick all those. But on the big slates, we won't pick all of them. Does that work for you? That yeah. And and I'm gonna add a new wrinkle to it. Ooh. If you feel like like if you're looking around on wherever you do your betting, right? And you're like, hey, I want to bet James Harden under tonight. You can make that one of your bets too. Okay. So we, yeah, we can sprinkle sprinkle however you want to do it. Like if you want to go, if you want to bet the spread, you want to pick two games and bet the spread, that's fine. You want to pick a prop that you like, that's fine. But you have to pick, let's say each night you got to pick like at least two bets that you like, but it could be as many as you want, but you have to pick at least two bets every night. Okay. All right. And we'll diligently track this because yeah, I need for to, sure. uh, to make up some ground. Well, no, no. It's going to reset. You, you blew me out last year in the playoff picks, um, yeah. but yeah. We'll, so, we'll reset here. Well, Ethan Henry just asked, do we think James Harden's getting traded? Well, that's a great way to... Did you pay that guy to comment I, that? I don't year? know, but that I guess he, 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 put us, he transitioned us perfectly into the first topic for tonight, the first story. And it's obviously it's since the season starts tomorrow... And the James Harden, James Harden is sort of holding the league captive right now as to what's going to happen. Obviously, we know, as we talked about, I think even last episode, was James Harden still wants out despite them looking like maybe they could be competitive. Christian Wood, look, him and Christian Wood look like they could be pretty dynamic together. John Wall's been pretty good. So multiple reports have been coming out all weekend. 
and it seems like we're getting closer and closer to this thing happening. Now, it's not any of the big guys. It's not the big two. It's not the man who knows basketball. Whoa, it's not Sham Sharania. But it's people that we've heard of. Oh, well, some people that we've heard of. Some people that we don't. But so the first thing I saw, well, the first thing that really popped off Sunday that got like big traction was our, our boy Farbod. Farbod, who is a big time 0 for 1 in our book. But go ahead. What was, what was his last thing? He basically said like a deal was in place between the Nets and the Rockets and that once it became it's not over. Like no, he so said hit... like he said once the league year started like this thing was basically oh, finalized yeah. and like just needed to like become official. Sure, right. Well, yeah, then he's a 0 for 1. But he's reported his report on or according to his sources that there's significant movement to get James Harden traded to the Nets or the Heat by the start of the season. Now, I will say that the guys that I mentioned down here all the time, five reasons, they did sort of their update on the Harden situation. And they've sort of been speculating this for a few days now that there's significant traction towards getting him moved before the start of the season. So he's not the only one. It just seems like for some reason, he's the one who gets national attention when he says things. I don't know how that shit works, but Hey, maybe people don't want to listen to, to a local South Florida outlet. I, I don't know. Um, so this is no surprise to me. If this is true, it's not a surprise. I think the Nets probably, or the, the Rockets, they got to realize like the longer this goes on, the harder or the, the less leverage they have. And it probably really helped their cause that Harden has played in these preseason games and looks like he is going to be a professional. And he still looks, despite the Photoshop pictures of him looking like Santa Claus, he still looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, you know, I, Speaking on, at least from the Heat's perspective, I was, I've, we've been on the fence, right, for a while about whether they should really do it or not. I've sort of gone to the other side. I'm kind of like, you forget because when you don't watch guys play every day for a few months, I think it, it kind of goes to the back of your mind. And then you watch, and then I watch him play and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got to do it. He's that good. He's James Harden. You got to do it. So I think the Rockets, if it's true, that there's significant movement. Now, the other thing that I, some of these guys have been saying is that it, it's going to be multiple teams. Like, it's not just going to be a one-to-one thing that I think part of the reason why nothing's been pulled, no triggers have been pulled yet, is that partially is that they're looking for a third, maybe even a fourth team, who knows, to make the right pieces work, to get more assets to wherever, whoever needs more in the trade, just to make it work. So they're probably working on tra- finding trade partners. Interesting. Um, and I see your note here, Raptors and Celtics. Okay, well, so then later on Sunday, this guy, I don't know, I, I left his name out of here. So this local guy, John Granado, he's a, a local Houston radio host for an ESPN affiliate in Houston. He tweeted out Sunday, an impeccable source, which is a weird thing to say, just a weird way of putting it. But he said, an impeccable source says the Raptors and Celtics are favorites right now for Harden and that it would be a package for Pascal Siakam and more pieces or Jalen Brown and more pieces. Um, now, I've never heard of this guy. He's a local reporter in Houston. So it, this is probably totally like, – how real could it be? But also I keep citing local guys in Miami. So maybe this guy is that guy in Houston that people trust. I don't know. I've just never heard of him. Uh, it does come out of nowhere. It does come – 
about a week and a half after a, a pretty reputable Celtics reporter said the Celtics are not involved in the in the Harden situation. So I don't know how much I believe it. I will say this. Um, if you're the Rockets, and, and this may actually answer. So based on this, right, what I wanted to ask you was, we've heard Tyler Hero and whatever other assets, Ben Simmons potentially, and whatever else they can get. The Nets play non Kyrie Nets, so like the Levert, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, etc. And now we've heard Pascal Siakam, Jalen Brown. So my question would be, if you're the Rockets, um, who, which of these guys are you looking? Like, what's the what's the what are you targeting? Like, if these are yeah. all if these are all possibilities, if you're the Rockets and you're looking around the league right now and you're saying, well, these guys are all on the table. Obviously, I think the picks. The package of draft picks probably plays into it and what other assets you can get plays into it. But would you lean one way or the other if you could, if you had your choice of any of these? I think I would lean towards the net package of young players just because like, you know, like you're, you're getting actual successful picks as opposed to picks that you could mess up on your own. But the Jalen Brown is super appealing just because I'm super high on him. But then the other thing here is like, if you get Pascal Siakam and then picks from the Raptors, like the Raptors are going to be bad. Like those picks could turn out to be really good if they don't have Pascal Siakam and more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think Jalen Brown is, is way superior to Pascal Siakam in the long run. Um, so I, I would lean, if you can get Jalen Brown, I think you probably have to do it. So to rank them, I would go the Celtics offer, Nets, then Raptors, and I mean, anybody listening, you know how low I am on Ben Simmons. I, if I'm Houston, I'm just not interested. Um, who am I missing? Oh, and, and the Heat thing, the Tyler Hero thing. So Tyler Hero would be last? No, Tyler Hero would, would probably be... Ahead of Ben Simmons? Yeah, ahead of Ben Simmons. And and, and knocking on the door, like, right behind the, the Raptors offer. It's all really close. I mean, they're pro- that's why I, I haven't really agreed with you in terms of... Um, the, the Rockets not having leverage here. I, just, I think there is a bidding war. I really do. Uh, and they're, they're trying to squeak every last draft pick, every last resource out of this thing. Um, I'll admit I'm wrong. If he if he gets traded and it's it, the offer or the return doesn't blow out of the water, the, the Drew Holiday return, then, then I'll admit I was wrong here. Yeah, I mean, so for me, if I'm looking at this, I would say... Number one, and it's not even close, would be Jalen Brown. Okay. Um, because yeah. I, because to me, like the way they say guys like James Harden don't become available in trades, I think Jalen Brown's on the brink of that. Like, you know, and I think he probably is not getting the hype around him yet because he's not the guy for that team. Jason Tatum is the guy who's a top 10 player. But I think what we saw from Jalen Brown in the playoffs is he has the ability to become maybe the best two-way player eventually in the NBA from a wing perspective. Like he is yeah. so good. Like if you're the Rockets and you get Jalen Brown and put him with Christian Wood, Boogie, John Wall, these other whatever other you're going to get other pieces too. Like you're immediately still a very competitive team, and he yeah. can probably be the franchise player. Now Kamani Treese is in the comments saying. Breaking news, he's going to Boston. I saw you check your phone. <laughs> Breaking, I did check my phone, Kamani. I don't believe you, and I have not, I feel like I would have gotten 16 alerts already, 
But if you have proof, please send it to us. Now, I should have prefaced this whole episode by saying we are live and it is very possible he could get traded while we're doing this. I don't think that's going to happen. It is late enough, but you never, this shit happens. Like they drop yeah. these, these trades oh, yeah. at any time. And plus, if they are trying to get this done before the season starts, now's the time. It's Monday. Yeah, you gotta get it The season starts tomorrow. So, Kamani Treese, if you're not full of shit, give us, show us, give us the proof. If not, let's continue this conversation. So, to me, it's Jalen Brown because you're getting a franchise player back that you know is a franchise player. Now, I still think Ben Simmons potentially could be in the right situation. I still am super high on Tyler Hero, 19 years old, 20 years old, seeing what he did in the playoffs. It's possible. I, to me, the my last choice on this list would be pascal siakam he just signed a huge extension and was absolute dog shit in the playoffs and he, really he kind of looks like he's already peaked mate potentially uh, he's still relatively young too but he still kind of look like he seems like maybe he's peaked um but it the close to last in this deal would probably be the nets only because you're just getting a bunch of role players and potentially picks like you're not getting a guy you can build around out of those guys maybe Levert but I just I don't know that Levert is that guy um I think okay but for me but for me Jalen Brown (laughs) Kamani all right thank you for being honest Kamani says I'm just speaking it into existence but I I love JB but Harden and Tatum is too intriguing I you know you're you're probably well you're right first of all like Harden Harden and Tatum is crazy but um I don't know. It just seems weird. I don't. I mean, I guess Danny Ainge has never been shy on making moves, but Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both like, what are they? Both like 22, 23 years old, and they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals twice already. Like that's hard to say that you want to two guys that arguably are top twenty already. Both of them. I mean, T- Tatum's break borderline top ten, and Jalen Brown is, I think, probably a top twenty player the way he looked in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you've been to the Eastern Conference Finals twice. You're right there. Like, it's, it's, it, like I know maybe Harden gets you over the top, but man, that that's that's way harder for me than if I'm the Heat and I'm talking about Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. And I love Tyler Hero, right. but like we know what Jalen Brown is already. Tyler Hero, there's still, um, you know, still questions. Yeah, it's it goes a little bit in the same sense as the Heat conversation we've talked about because of age. You know, like. You could be tra- trading away Jalen Brown, who could be five, six-time All Star in ten years, and, well, and, and James Harden's retired. You know, and the difference between, but the difference with the Heat and the Celtics situation is Brown is a six-eight, six-seven, six-eight two-way player who can be who is a lockdown defender and already has shown to be a great offensive player who can get you twenty a game. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero, I think, at his peak, could be somewhere in the low to mid twenties, and his peak as a scorer. But he's also a 6'3 combo guard who's never going to be what Brown is. Like, Brown has, in a league where wing players are the most valuable thing and there's very few elite two-way wing players, it's hard to... to, to, um, to... I completely agree. And I think an underrated quality of Jalen Brown is him kind of accepting being second fiddle to Jalen Brown on offense. You know, that's kind of rare. Like, he is... He's extremely talented and but comfortable uh, playing alongside Jason Tatum. So, I mean, you, there's a. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if James Harden and Jason Tatum don't fit great together. I mean, my thing is, is if this is true, right? If these report, if the report from this local Houston guy is true that the Celtics have put Jalen Brown on the table for for James Harden, then 
it's absurd that Houston hasn't done everything to, to make the deal. Right. Like, to me, I'm looking at this group of options right here that have been reported that they're talking to, and we don't know, maybe there's other teams out there, but if these are the guys that are potentially on the table for Houston to try to make a deal, and Houston hasn't already pulled the trigger, and they're asking for more than Jalen Brown, they're out of their fucking minds because they're not getting a player better than Jalen Brown. There's no player, individual player on this list better than Jalen Brown. And no one's going to make an offer for a guy better than Jalen Brown. Right. I mean, it Unless, just, I, mean, I don't know. I'm just imagining a situation where they're totally torn between Ben Simmons and Jalen Brown or, you know, and but, see, I only added every drop out of the deal. You know? But I only added Ben Simmons to this list because he's been mentioned before, but he wasn't even mentioned on Sunday in any of these reports. Like Philly right. was out of it. The teams that have been, that were mentioned Sunday were Brooklyn, Miami, um, now Boston and Toronto. Yeah. And, and here's, but, but then there's like the Toronto thing doesn't make sense to me. Cause if I'm Toronto, I can't, I, I don't know. I can't imagine a scenario where I trade for James Harden and he's happy being yeah, with the no Raptors shot. with Fred Van Fleet and <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Kyle like, Lowry. He wants to leave because he knows he's not going to win. And then he's going to go to that team. Because I would imagine if you're trading Siakam, that's not enough money. I don't think so. You probably have to add in like OG, like, I, like, and then, and then what do you have? Like, then you're like just stuck. Like there's nothing there. So I, I don't see where Toronto thinks they could keep James Harden happy after just signing another two guard to a way overpaid deal in Fred Van Fleet. Like, right. It just doesn't make sense. Maybe the, they think it's the best way to get out from under some horrible contracts they have. <laughs> like, well, they haven't they paid like, OG and OB yet, but they but probably Siakam, are going to, but they're probably going to have to. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that makes their decision easier, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they thought they had a chance at Giannis next year and now they're like, okay, we can go get a real, uh, this is our chance to go get a superstar mm -hmm. and try to build around him. That's possible. I just, if I'm Houston, I'm like, nah, man. If if any of these are on the table, I think I'm taking them over Siakam. I actually right. do like Siakam. I think he just got exposed for what he is in the playoffs. And he's got, a, and he's just starting a big ass deal. So if you're going to make that deal, you, you're, you're essentially saying if you're the Rockets, if you're making that deal, this is our, our franchise player. Like this is the guy we're building, re rebuilding around, and so it just don't, doesn't. Do you think, assuming, assuming the deal gets done, do you think we're going to be saying Rockets got a very impressive haul here, or we're going to be like they bungled this thing? Like, well, I don't know. Depends no, that's on what like if you had to. Guess. Oh, if I had to guess, yeah. Um, I think. Um, well, it's hard to say because there are going to be other teams involved. Like right. there, there's going to be a third team, maybe a fourth team involved. So it all depends on like, you know, is it Cleveland? Is it, you know, is Cleveland, is, is, it, is somehow this team that gets hard and also getting Kevin Love some, you know, is there some way that Cleveland's moving off of a big contract and getting assets and then Houston's getting a pick from Cleveland? Like mm -hmm. there's so much that could be happening. And obviously I haven't heard anything about, it. I just threw Cleveland in there just because I'm like, Who's a third team that may have some money that they could potentially, or yeah. a big, you know, a star that could move with them? I, I don't know how it works and who that. So it's hard to say. But if it's just one to one, looking at these names, if the Rockets are, with the way this has gone down and with Harden essentially forcing his way out, if you end up with Jalen Brown, it's, it's impressive. If you end up with Ben Simmons, obviously you don't think it's impressive. But I don't mind it. I still think that there's potential there. If you end up with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, it's impressive. If you end up with Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and a 
in a bunch of draft picks, it's it's impressive. Mm-hmm. For the way it's gone down and he's forcing himself out, you're not going to get a one-to-one player. So Jalen Brown on here is the only true franchise potential guy. And then the rest of these guys are all really good potential. I mean, Simmons and here are potential all-stars. Simmons was an all-star, right? Yeah. And then the Nets, those guys are, I mean, they are what they are, but at least you get a group of players and now you have a bunch of talent in Houston to uh, to maybe be at least relatively competitive. Mm-hmm. The only was the only thing I see here that I would be like uh, if I was a Rockets fan and it happened, if it was Siakam, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" How I think I, I will. I do. I do think a lot of people would be like, "Oh, they got Siakam. That's nice." I personally would be like, "Poof, you blew it." Plus, they just signed Christian Wood to a big deal. It's kind of the same player, same position. Yeah. I guess Wood's more of a five, but. Mm-hmm. But, and Siakam already, yeah, I mean... Like, Siakam you're building already, your team around Siakam and Christian Wood? With Ugh. a huge contract that... Yeah, two pretty big contracts. Yeah. Christian Wood got paid a lot of money, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, yeah, I don't... I don't I don't, see, I don't know. I, I think any of these other than Siakam would be a win, personally. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we'll see. Kimani wants to know if we have any ideas on how, how our offense would look with Harden and Tatum. Um, I don't think it would – well, it would change a little bit. I, I think the, 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 the people in the Celtics offense that would be most affected by Harden would be would, – would, the person who would be most impacted would be Kemba, more so than Tatum. I think you would still see Tatum getting his touches the same way they come in that offense, but Harden would probably take over a lot of the ball handling in early offense and a lot of the pick and roll that Kemba plays. Maybe Kemba's in that trade. I was going to say, I feel Cause like... Because to... they there would... I mean, I don't... Brown's... Like, one-to-one, Brown doesn't work. And I and it, there was those rumors that they were trying to come off of Kemba, like, in the offseason. And, I definitely... by the way, all that Ainge shit, if he moves on from another point guard to go... Now, it, is it the right move if you're getting Harden? Yeah, probably. But still. Like, Danny Ainge shipped out Isaiah Thomas, then shipped out Kyrie, even though he probably needed to. Now, after one, you're going to ship out potentially Kemba I'm, again for speculation savage, but kind of awesome. I mean Dan is a savage so. he should become your favorite GM by default since you hate point guards so I don't like point I mean <laughs> no, no 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 come on I mean I do kind of I it's weird I don't hate point guards but it's the most loaded position in the NBA so I think point guards are overrated the value of point guards is value overrated. point sorry I don't value, value them the way everyone else does because there's it's like running backs in, in mm-hmm. football there's a million of them you know if your team's set up the right way, you don't need an elite point guard. You know, elite point guards don't win championships. Anyways, so that's where I think their offense would be impacted because a lot of the things you see Kemba do, Harden just does better, and he would be the guy getting a lot of his use. Kemba's usage would go way down. Harden's, but Tatum, it wouldn't impact Tatum at all. And in, in fact, man, you probably see a pretty, pretty nasty two-man game with Harden and Tatum at points in the game with with Tatum potentially setting ball screens for Harden and them just clearing out the, the other side. I mean, elbow game with, with Tatum too, that that's dangerous. That's something, I mean, obviously that come that you, that Harden brings to the table that neither of those guys bring to the table with Tatum, just yeah. having those two wing guys who can play off each other and just yeah. go to town. I mean, I'm, I'm just imagine your second best defender is going to guard Jason Tatum on a given night. Like, and, and, ridiculous. and to tell you what, if they were to move Brown and Kemba hypothetically, you know, if that if that means they keep Marcus Smart, defensively they don't necessarily get worse in their starting lineup because Marcus Smart's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. So 
God, it's crazy. This, this, it's got to happen. I hope it happens while we're recording for the next 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, me too. Well, I kind of do. I kind of don't. We need something it would be to talk stressful about. To we do need something. That that, we do need yeah. something to talk about tomorrow night because yeah. there's no games tonight. But mm-hmm. um, I'm excited seeing the. I, but again, like until it's Woj or, or Shams or or even Sam Amick or like one of these guys that I absolutely trust, mm-hmm. like you said, Farbod has Farbod's in the doghouse. Farbod's mm-hmm. failed us, and this other guy saying. Oh, here we go. Phil R is saying, "Hey guys, trust in my opinion, Harden will probably land in Toronto because oh, he's gonna." There's a wow, follow up. That's a cliffhanger. All right, well, well, Phil, we'll get back to your comment because we got to move on to other things that happened that actually happened this weekend. Um, Rudy Gobert signed, agreed, probably signed by now. Five year, two hundred and five million dollar extension with the Jazz. People, I see some people freaking out about this. Because I think it was like he's like the, I want to say third or fourth largest contract in NBA history. I'm done um, with. I I don't care about those I know, numbers. I know. Anymore. I know. I like, know. We always say this stuff, right? Like we always say this stuff, like third or fourth highest in, in NBA history. But that's just what happens. Right. It's just what happens. It's slotted in there, like for, it's it's math. It's not like the GM being like, "Ooh, I think he was worth this much," you know? Yeah. Um. But, you know. That Apparently, it's a shitload of money. I'm yeah, not trying but to, but how about but here's the thing. That. But here's the thing. He could have asked for 238 million. He could have asked for the supermax, and apparently, did not go. Did either? Well, the, 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 they say he didn't ask for the supermax. Maybe they didn't give him the supermax or offer mm. the supermax. But he probably. I mean, he supposedly he thinks they can win a championship with him and continuing to build around him and Donovan Mitchell. Um, I saw some someone else tweet that follows the Jazz. That now between the last two deals, he's left forty million dollars on the table. Good for him, I guess. Yeah, but I, I feel like that's fucking stupid because if you, I mean, if you're if it's Utah, free agents don't go to Utah. You could have taken the money. I understand that you want to save flexibility, but like good free agents don't come to Utah. So what are you saving? What what what's the money being saved for? Nothing, and like. Th- the, the amount of money we're talking about isn't enough to sign anybody, like, good. Like, five years, $205 million. How much are they say he's saving? Or he's he's saving? I mean, per year, it's probably, like, I don't like, know. Like, $5 million per year? Like, that's, I mean. Probably I something get, like that. Yeah. You get a solid player, but none of those solid players that are willing to play for $5 million are going to Utah. Yeah. I this The first thing I thought of when I saw this was him trying to, like, smooth things out with Donovan Mitchell and the organization after he basically torpedoed the whole league with COVID. So he's like trying to get in people's good graces again. Apparently they're like good now, which is crazy because before yeah. this, before the restart, it was like, this thing is unsalvageable. They Donovan Mitchell doesn't like Rudy Gobert anymore. They don't want to play with each other. Um, so it's strange to see. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't, I guess you have to pay him. You have to give him big money. Mm-hmm. But also, this pretty much solidifies what the Jazz are for the next five years, six years. Right. Just and I, extremely average, good team, but average in the West. Right. And I bet you the owner and probably the GM are totally cool with that. They're going to, you know, they're going to be a competitive team for five years. I, I, sometimes I wonder if GMs and owners that like have come to grips with the fact that, you know, a ring is probably not very plausible and they're just they just want to be very solid for the next five years which they're going to be well here's what happens and i we fell into this trap when i was in charlotte a little bit 
and everybody kind of falls into this trap, which is when you're a GM and you're running a team and you brought these guys in and you see these guys every day and you know them as people and you see them work and all this stuff, you sometimes can get lost in how good your players actually are. Like you can get sort of mixed up. It happens in every sport. Like you see your guys so much that you think they're better than what they are. So I think on some level, some of these teams like Utah, they probably watch Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and think, we can win with these guys. We just need to put the right pieces around them. But you can't. I mean, you can't. But they probably truly, I mean, on some level, believe that with the right pieces, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert can be championship players. Yeah, the right piece would be a star, like a real, true, elite-level wing player. Yeah, sleeper draft pick that they nail out of nowhere. So... So, but I think, yeah, to your point, I think there are some GMs who I just, I think it happens more often than not. Like we, it, and guys, you know, GMs don't want to admit sometimes that their pick was not like the guy, you know, because then they're admitting that they, that they messed up either who they signed as a free agent or who they signed or who they drafted. And, and GMs, this is how they keep their jobs for so long. They, they over, I think they overvalue certain stats and certain per- performances by guys, then sign them to these giant deals. And then once the deal is done, if the media and the public approves of the deal, then it's never, then it's not their fault anymore for signing the deal. Then it's the coaches like you, or you couldn't get, we signed, we signed two max players. We signed Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell to max deals. They're max guys. We got you two max guys. You can't win. Mm-hmm. And they have a great coach. And, 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 and when in fact, I think there's not a lot of coaches who can do what Quinn Snyder's with, done with this Utah team. They've overperformed, in my opinion. I don't think either. I mean, Rudy Gobert is one of the best defensive players in the NBA, but I don't think they have much. Donovan Mitchell's a good player. I don't think he's great. They have overperformed because they've been a great defensive team and they execute well. Mm-hmm. But it's not because Gobert or Donovan Mitchell is like the elite of the elite. Right. No. Yeah. You you can make the case they're overpaying their star. You know, like. But you and but that's also what you have, have to do in a small. They market. have to. Right. That's what you all, I mean, you have to do that in a small market. I would love to see with the new CBA, and this is kind of a tangent, but just like a couple different tiers or slots for these contracts. Like like Donovan Mitchell should not be signing the same deal that Jason Tatum signed. You know what I mean? But they're they're getting the rookie max, and it's the same amount of money. Like, I just think there should be more um, slots. Well, there, well, and, well there, there are certain things that if Jason Tatum would have hit, that right, he could get yeah, more money. Like, mm-hmm. there's the Derrick Rose rule. So if he would have been, like, first-team All-NBA twice or if he would have won MVP or certain – there's certain benchmarks yeah. in your rookie contract. If you hit it, you can get the Supermax or or you could get 35% instead of 25% or whatever the, whatever the percentages are. So there are benchmarks. But I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I just but, think there needs to be more variables in terms of spreading these guys out because this is kind of like what, what we're saying. They have no choice but to sign these guys to above market value, I think, for, for Rudy Gobert at least. Yeah. Well, I think they got him for less than market. Yeah. Because I think a lot of teams would have given him a full max. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, he's a two-time defensive player of the year. He's arguably the best defensive player in the NBA when you really get down to the numbers. Yeah. Like, consistently. He's just limited. Like, you know, you have to build a perfect team around him to be successful with a guy like him on the floor because he's so limited offensively, Mm -hmm. which is tough. So when one of your highest-paid players is really – a rim runner, pick and roll guy who can't, he's also not a great pick and roll defender. It, it's tough, man. But it, but also 
when you have Rudy Gobert defending the rim, you can do so many things defensively because you just you got you just can't score at the rim. Yeah. So I don't know, but they've won these past few years because of their defense. So th- they had to do it. The 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 contract that was or the extension that was signed that I thought was incredible on Sunday or Saturday whenever it happened. Kyle Kuzma three year forty million dollar extension um, with the Lakers. I texted Ruben. Mm-hmm. You know, returning he's been the returning champion of this show. Our Lakers guy when he comes on, I said slowly but surely his guy is making a run at being the best GM in the NBA. The, I was I was wondering where you were going. To, this is an unbelievably team friendly contract, right? Like it's just it's incredible. I mean, look, I understand he had a down year. I know he was bad in the playoffs. I know. A lot of Laker fans looked at it after the playoffs and were like, we can trade him and we can go get something. But this is nothing. It's insane. Like, what Jeremy, Grant, Grant? <laughs> Jeremy Grant got $20 million a year. Christian Wood got $20 million a year. Like, guys are getting paid so much just based off of potential. Like, what we've seen him do and what his ability to score the ball at 6'8". He's getting $13 million a year? for and And also... This is after next year, so he has one more year, and then it kicks in. Mm-hmm. Maybe and, he loves well, he being has a, a Laker, and, and this is, he gets a player option on on the third year. So here here's what it's it works. It's the rare time where a player gets he like it's he gets paid way less than he's probably worth, but it also does sort of work out for him because now he plays the next few years and gets to potentially prove that he's worth more. So in the third year, he'll be twenty eight. And he'll be 28 years old. He'll potentially have two or three NBA championships. And then if he's sick of winning, he can just go cash out somewhere as long as he's still progressing. The guy shot 41% from three in preseason. If he does, if he just does that this year for the Lakers, he's already worth more than $13 million a year based on what the market dictates for a, a 6-8 combo wing player. Right. Um, and, know, and in three years when he's heading into his player option year, he's going to be one of the most valuable trade pieces in the NBA. Think about it. Like I know he, yeah. they're going to, they're going to be able to package him with other pieces. If he progresses the way they hope, I'm sure to go get another star right on the brink of LeBron's contract being up, or they have two years of paying him 8 million, 13 million and 13 million to decide whether he's their the guy to stick with him. Like, it's so perfect for the Lakers. I don't understand how they're – it's crazy. I cannot understand what his agent is – like, his agent does – like, all his agent should be focused on is making money for his client. Well, I guess maybe representing your client the way he wants to be represented. So the only thing I can think is, like, Kyle Kuzma just really loves being a Laker or his agent sucks, like, and doesn't realize how much money he just left on the table. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's weird. We'll see what more comes out of it, like more info on why he's doing this. Right. Um, but now that being said, if he just really wants to be with the Lakers and the Lakers weren't going to offer him any more money, then there, then that's it. Yeah, and good and for him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, more power to him because a lot of guys wouldn't do that. A lot of guys would say, "I'm going to go get 20 million to play for the Pistons." Mm-hmm. But Kyle Kuzma probably looks at it like, "Listen." I'm going to play here for three more years. LeBron will be on the way out towards the end of my contract. And then I'll get paid out. Then I'll cash out. He He's betting on himself in that instance. Mm-hmm. He might be wrong. He's almost certainly wrong. 
I would think. I think he can be a really good player. He's never going to be that guy. But for the next three years, the Lakers just got one of the best contracts in the NBA. He's, I mean, he could potentially be a, if he comes off the bench, he could be a six man of the year type. But it, whatever he does, I mean, he's just another guy who can just score the ball and create his own shot. And he, he's only going to get better, I think. Um, and now he's figuring out how to play with LeBron and AD. Like, God, I, I just was blown away. What Palinka's just crushing it, man. Yeah. I mean, this offseason, it's not even close. Like, who should win executive of the year right now unless something unbelievable well, happens. But this offseason I mean, I guess we got to like, see who trades for James Harden and what they yeah, do with it. I guess. You know? But, I mean, we just know the Lakers are going to be either one or two in the West and probably in the finals again. Like, this offseason is just like a yeah. masterstroke for them. And guy. not only that, like, like, not even just the guys that he brought in, but also locking up AD and LeBron long term. Yeah. Yeah. What a, yeah, what a crazy offseason for Palenka, man. And this is like, and Ruben also, like his response to me is like, it wasn't that long ago that Magic Johnson like publicly came out and said Rob Palenka didn't know what he was doing. Well. Unbelievable, right? Yeah, maybe Magic Johnson uh, has a few screws loose. Can I say that? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just waiting for the, I'm just waiting for the generic Magic Johnson tweet. Kyle Kuzma signed a three-year, $40 million deal with the Lakers. He's going to be a good player. That's that it. could be word for word what it is. Yeah. Um, all right. Last thing from the weekend. That's not even like a headline, but I just it was it it was like when I read it. God, could two organizations be seemingly in this? Could two organizations that at the beginning of last season seemed to be right here with each other, right? They seemed to basically be like one A, one B. They were the two places to beat. Could they be going? in any further separate directions. And when I'm, when I'm talking about these two teams, I'm talking the Lakers and the Clippers. Ty Lue, I guess, was talking to the media about their team this year and the different things that they're going to try to do and said that he has already put in a few triangle offense-type sets for the Clippers to get Kawhi playing in the same positions as MJ and Kobe played in. And I read this, and I and it was like, there's so many reasons why this is such a dumb thing. Like, first of all, Ty Lue is terrible when it comes to talking to the media. He's always saying – he's always – even when he was a head coach before, he just says dumb things. Um, it's just mind-blowing. But first of all, to just even go into your first year coaching this team and put on your star player's back that you're trying to put him in the position to be Kobe and MJ sets him up for failure. It immediately sets him up for failure. Kawhi Leonard will never be, can never be. He won't ever be either of those guys. So to say that you're putting into your system something to try to make him like those guys is setting him up to fail. Because then when they start running it and it doesn't work or Kawhi even struggles early on to learn the nuances of it because the triangle offense is super, it can be very complicated because there's a lot of things going on. Then it's like, oh, well, he's not those guys. Yeah, fuck right, he's not those guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? But just to even say it, it's just, come on, man. What, you, you're you coming off of a, an aggressive failure as an organization last year, and now this is the, the pressure you want to put on your star player's head by even conjuring those names in the offseason. It's a good point. I, I wouldn't have really thought of it from that aspect. Um, I just, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, like, Kawhi's not going to feel any pressure 
regardless anyway. So, but it does set up Ty Lu for people to just be like, this didn't work. Like, what are you doing? Well, I'll, and I'll, well, I'll say this. So from what I know, at least when I worked in the league, right. And, and even since then, the only two coaches that I know that consistently ran the triangle after Phil Jackson were Kurt Rambis and Derek Fisher. Kurt Rambis, in his two years as the coach in Minnesota, 29th in offensive rating, 24th in offensive rating. Now, Minnesota was awful, so maybe if he had some players, maybe something could have happened there. Derek Fisher with the Knicks, 29th in offensive rating, 24th in offensive rating. And now, while the Knicks have not been good in a long time, Derek Fisher had Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony, for anything you want to say about him, one of the best scorers of his time in the NBA. There was a time where you looked around the NBA and you probably could have said Carmelo Anthony is the best scorer in the NBA. And he was running the triangle offense and he had Carmelo Anthony. It's not as simple as we have a good wing player. Let's just run the triangle offense. It And it doesn't work in, it just didn't work then. And even more so, I just don't think it'll work in today's NBA. No. And part of it is not that Kawhi doesn't have the basketball IQ of an, uh, he maybe he does, but there's so much movement off the ball and there's so many more options. Like Kawhi, Kawhi now is doubling down on what Paul George said, saying they played too much ISO last year. But the idea of the triangle is to, to get Kawhi in the positions, to get him in the mid range, in the place where he thrives. The difference between Kawhi and MJ and Kobe is MJ averaged five assists a game for his career. Kobe averaged just about five over, well, MJ averaged over five assists. Kobe averaged just about five assists. Kawhi is averaging 2.7 assists per game. Last year was his career high at 4.9. But point being, the triangle works if you're able to find the cutters and you're able to get the guys on the off-ball movement. And if the whole and if Kawhi's just getting the ball, initiating the offense, or coming off these back cuts and getting these mid-range jumpers or getting these mid-range touches and just going and trying to get mid-range jumpers, it's not going to work. And not to mention, if it does work, teams are allowed to play zone now. So it's just going to blow it all up. Like, right. I just, it seems like, it seems like a stretch by Ty Lue to be like, we got to figure out a way to get Kawhi going. Doesn't doesn't the triangle require like a lot of like continuity on offense too? Which is something it's all Clippers, continuity. Clippers it's all continuity. At all. It's all um, continuity. And yeah. the because. So you're either playing. You're. It's hard to do like because we're not like diagramming, but. You're either playing the triangle on the strong side and it, and there's a two-man game on the weak side, or you're playing through the two-man game on the weak side and then where the triangle was, they're all screening for each other. We called it like a gaggle action when I was in Charlotte. Yeah, so it's gaggle, something like that. But it's basically like screens off the ball. And then if you're playing in the triangle side, there's some type of back screen maybe for Kawhi or Kawhi's getting into the post and then guys are cutting off of him and then that action's happening on the weak side. But it's, yes... To your point, tons of continuity, many different options. Guys have to be willing to be playing in that. Where does Paul George fit into this? <laughs> if 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 the idea is that Kawhi is one of the best mid-range shooters in the game and we want to run triangle. Now, he did say it's just sets, like that they're not going to only run triangle. But when you but again, when you mention Kobe and MJ and you compare Kawhi to Kobe and MJ, you create a headline that doesn't make you look good as a coach already because it's dumb to compare somebody to Kobe and MJ. It's just stupid. 
It's just a stupid comment, I think. And that, that was a bit more of my issue. Maybe yeah. for a couple possessions a game it could work. I don't know. It, it, it didn't work when I was working in Charlotte. Those teams sucked. So maybe it could work better for these guys. But also, like Kawhi took the fourth most mid-range jumpers in the league last year. How many more mid-range jumpers does he need to take? It's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Is it like not the shots you really want these days anyway? Well, I mean, Ty Lue, wide open. If yeah, Ty, wide open, Ty Lue said something like, I believe, why not give up? Why, I believe that we should be going after the thing that teams are giving up. That's a weird way to look at it. I mean, you could also say, why are teams giving it up? Because it's not that effective. Like, it's... Right. I don't know, man. I just... Ty It's so weird. The Clippers could be incredible, or they might be a complete powder keg. And this thing, like... I mean, talent-wise, they're incredible, but it just seems like... It just seems like they're the Clippers, you know? It, you talked about it. Some Some organizations just have that stench that you can't get rid of. Yeah. I think yeah. the Clippers are one of them. It's Clippers, Sacramento. I mean, obviously, Clippers are far superior superior to Sacramento, but you know what you know I'm what, talking about. Where you know what the Clippers, this out. Do you know what the Clippers are going to do this year? The Clippers are just going to add to LeBron James's legacy. Because if they get knocked out early again, then Ty Lue, they're just going to be like, well, Ty Lue won a championship because of LeBron. Even right. more so. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it's just going to be one of those things where, like, yeah, of course Ty Lue won a championship. He coached LeBron. Mm-hmm. Like, he, if he goes in and he has this super talented team and fails, it's just going to add to LeBron's legacy. Yep. That's all it's going to do. I didn't even realize. Just talking it out, I just thought about that. It's just like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It all, and, all points back to LeBron. And I also, regardless of what, if even if the triangle works perfectly, which, again, no one's been able to coach it well since Phil Jackson, and Phil Jackson had... Michael Jordan and arguably the like one of the pioneers of the point forward position, right? In Scottie Pippen, mm-hmm. I don't think Ty Lue's going to be the guy who gets it done. <laughs> it, then to Ty Lue's credit, he played with MJ, he played with Kobe, he played for Phil Jackson, so he's been part of it. So maybe he knows something that Derek Fisher and Kurt Rambis, who we're pretty close with Phil Jackson as well. Didn't know in terms of coaching. I don't see it. I don't see it working out too well. Good snap there. That, that, I see. I, I see them probably going away from it pretty quickly. <laughs> so. right, that's just another thing for us to track this year. We got a lot of it. Yeah. Um. Well, a couple guys in the comments said to two different guys, Phil R. and Gang Time both believe that Harden is going to go to Toronto. Phil R. said. Be, probably lands in Toronto because Giannis is off the table, Rudy Gobert is off the table, and Raps struggle to sign free agents. That's true. Those are all true, but also they have to put together the package to get him. So right, and it's they also a matter have to of trust that James Harden wants to stay there. Yeah, that's well, he has a couple more years on his deal, so that's yeah. not the the issue. Is more like a do they have the right package that piques Houston's interest the most, and b. Yeah, I mean, do they feel confident that he's going to go there and not be pissed off that he got traded to a team that's just not as good? Right. Um, The gang time said, I think he goes to Toronto. Masai fleeces another rookie GM owner for the millionth time. It's, I mean, yeah, it's possible, but but also in the past he's had the package that teams are looking for. Maybe, maybe Houston really, maybe Houston really values. 
Pascal Siakam. Because if it's not Pascal Siakam, they don't have anything else. <laughs> they, no. So, but again, we what we got to keep in mind with all of these is who's the third team and who's the potential fourth team and what are the assets that all those teams are willing to give up and what are they getting – like, how are they making it work? Because from everything I've seen and read and heard, it's not going to be a one-to-one team deal. It, there's going to be multiple teams involved just to make it work. Mm-hmm. So it's it'll be – I mean, hopefully by the time we go live to, tonight or tomorrow night, we uh, we have some answers. Because if it's going to happen – if Farbod is right, oh, Farbod – Farbot, if you're if you're watching or listening, if you're out there, Farbot, you you got to get this right. If you got to get this right, or you're out just like that other girl who was down here in Miami giving giving out reports. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, the the local girl down here in Miami who was saying that Giannis was coming to Miami. That guy, that her. There's no one listening to her anymore. She's out, right? Farbot, this is it. This is your chance. You're out. If this, if this doesn't or happen. he's in, or he gets way out, or you're of the way in, yeah. or you're way in, way in. Come on, Farbot, I'm rooting for you. Wait, who is? Wh- don't we have a guy who said who had a guarantee that a trade was? Oh no, no, no. Uh, it was the the dude who said that. Um, what's that? Uh, Palinka has a deal up his sleeve. <laughs> I don't even remember the details of that. It was that's that's, but that maybe the deal that he had up his sleeve was signing Kyle Kuzma to the best contract in the uh. NBA. I think he was more specific than that. Yeah, I know. He said he, was, he had a trade up his sleeve, from what yeah. I hear. Yeah. And he said it was going to happen in the next couple of days. might have been Giannis. It might have been Giannis. Um, yeah, so Farbod, it's on you now. Clock's ticking. All right, appreciate everybody who watched. Phil R., what do you guys think about when Harden gets traded? What do I think about when Harden gets traded? Hmm. I'll probably... I'll probably since it'll be at night, I'll probably either be thinking about what I'm going to eat for dinner or potentially what I'm going to eat because it's midnight and I'm hungry again. What are you going to think about when Harden gets traded? Um, I don't I don't know, but that is a perfect transition back around to the beginning of the show where you have defeated this chicken Philly. Unbelievable show. Oh, yeah. Here. Oh, yeah. This, this, was, this was my flu podcast. Really this was my stuff. flu podcast. I was not sharp today. Uh, I'll admit that. Joey carried me. Really impressive I, stuff. Which is amazing because I thought you were going to have to carry me because I really there, – there's – the name of this show couldn't be more appropriate for what could potentially happen in the next <laughs> few – in the next hour or so after this <laughs> podcast ends because of that chicken Philly I had. Um, all right. Well, appreciate everybody watched or is watching or listening. You guys know what to do. Rate, subscribe, review. Uh, leave a comment down below. Hit the like button, subscribe, all that stuff. We'll be back tonight. Or Monday night. What do you want to do, Alex? There's no more. There's no games. Eleven thirty. Yeah, let's go eleven thirty, and let's make some bold season predictions tomorrow. All right, we're gonna make some bold season predictions. We're gonna make our picks against the spread potentially for opening night, and hopefully, we'll be talking about uh, where James Harden is playing next season and potentially crushing Farbod. (laughs) Farbod, if you're listening. Beware. Beware of what happens on Monday night slash Tuesday morning NBA Morning Deuce podcast. Later. Peace.